Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. I really think that it's going to be a crazy helpful morning for those of you who are here or joining us online or listening um, from all over. Um, I really believe that what we're going to talk about over the next few minutes is going to be incredibly helpful for your relationships. It's going to be incredibly helpful for your family. And uh, I really believe, honestly, even if wherever you're at in your faith journey, maybe you're not sure about Jesus yet, or you're checking this out, or you were invited by a friend, or you're just watching online and not sure yet where you stand with Jesus, you can actually, what we're going to talk about in just a little bit, is you can take the Jesus part out of it, and I still believe it will help your life. We're going to look at the words of Jesus' followers, and they are really describing some of the things that Jesus talked about and how to best follow after those. But you can just take Jesus up on what he said and try these out, and I still think it will be incredibly, incredibly helpful for you and your relationships. In fact, what I think you're going to see is what we're going to talk about in just a minute. Jesus was so far far ahead of his time that the things he talked about maybe weren't kind of current in his age, maybe weren't being talked about then, but if you will apply them today, they are still going to make a huge, significant impact. And so maybe if you're just unsure, just try Jesus out on what he said and see if his words are true. Now, I wanna start with this. I had a story that was told to me by my mom recently, and one of her friends did something pretty concerning that they were all kind of um, freaked out by, that on Facebook, someone had posted and said, you know, my dog passed away, and, you know, it's really sad for me, my family, would you pray for us? And uh, this friend of my mom's commented below and said, LOL. Now, if you're not sure what LOL means, that's a social media type term that just means lots of laughs, or laugh out loud. And so she had written that under it, and they thought, that's kind of strange. Like, it doesn't seem really, like, characteristic of her to, to laugh at someone's dead pet. I mean, maybe she just doesn't like dogs, or, I mean, if it was cats, I could understand, but dogs, that's really weird. And um, so they just thought, well, why would she write that? And then a little bit later, a few days go by, and someone else had typed in and said, um, you know, hey, I'm really struggling with this illness. Can you pray for me? It's, you know, it's really difficult. And again, below, the same person had written, LOL. And so they started to get a little freaked out to go, this is kind of morbid. I'm not sure if she should be saying these things. And so they approached her about it and they said, listen, um, we're just kind of confused. Why are you writing about lots of laughs all over these posts that seem pretty difficult? And she said, oh, I thought LOL meant lots of love. She goes, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> Our words matter. Words Although they seem small, although they can seem insignificant, they matter. And our words have power. In fact, here's the truth. Your words are incredibly powerful. Your words are powerful. And this may seem very opposite to what we teach kids because what we teach kids is sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And that's one of the dumbest statements ever created because you know this about your own life. Words do hurt. Words hurt. In fact, words shape. Words can change destinies. Some of you in your life, it was shaped by words. 
There were moments of, of negative circumstances in your life where you lost confidence or pulled back from something because of negative words spoken over you. And you still remember them to this day. It wasn't just a sticks or stones moment, but you can still remember some of the words that were spoken to you, maybe even on the playground as a kid. And those began to shape who you are, your confidence, your identity. And then the opposite's also been true, that you've had words spoken over you, words of life, words of encouragement that gave you confidence, that helped shape you into the person that you are, that allowed you to take the next step in becoming who God wants you to be. You know that words have been powerful for you. They have shaped your destiny and our words do the same. Now we speak over 16,000 words a day. That's an average with some of you a little bit less, some of you a whole lot more. Stop elbowing your neighbor. We speak so many of these words a day. In fact, neuroscientists describe the process of taking our thoughts that are shaped in the brain and it sends signals to our muscles and to begin to frame out sounds and they go into the right order to make words. It's really quite incredible. However, I think mine works the opposite way and that my muscles seem to say words and then I think about them. Anyone else? Just me? That's all right. I think that if we were honest, we see power in our words every day. Our words are powerful, but we don't just see this in our lives. We can see this by a guy named James. He wrote about this to Christ's followers that were trying to follow after Jesus, after Jesus died and continue on the movement. And they obviously struggled with this area. And so James writes about this to them. And before we get going, I just wanna stop for a second on James because James is one of those people that if you're skeptical or investigating faith, he is one of those stories that you should just investigate, that you should just maybe look at because James was actually the brother of Jesus. And so when we first see James, he doesn't believe that Jesus is God. Because would you believe your sibling is God? And so in fact, when we see him early on in scripture, he's making fun of Jesus. He's telling people don't listen to Jesus. He's telling Jesus to come back home and stop preaching because he thinks his brother is crazy to claim that he would be God. So yes, he was doing miracles and yes, he was seeing people healed, but he just still thought there's no way he might be an okay guy, but he's still my brother. He's not God. And then something happened because James, after Jesus died, would then step back out, change his story, change his testimony and go, well, you know what? He wasn't crazy, he is God. And I believe that because I saw him raise again. I saw my brother die, I saw him alive a few days later. And so although it's hard to believe, although I didn't believe it at first, I am changing my story and I'm living my life saying that Jesus is Lord. And then he signs up for a life of persecution, a life of torture, a life of suffering, all because he truly believed that his brother was God because he saw him again. He's eventually murdered for his faith. And that's what it took to convince him that his brother was God because he saw him. So anyways, just someone to investigate his story, it encourages me a lot, but he writes this in James chapter three, verse two. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault and what they say is perfect. And they're able to keep their whole body in check. What I love about this verse is Christ follower or not, we can probably all come around this. That we all stumble in a whole bunch of ways and when it comes to your words, it takes one word to get your whole body in trouble. It takes one word to get your whole body in trouble. You know this uh, students with your parents, it was one word and your whole self is now in trouble. Spouses, you know this with each other, it was one word but your whole self is in trouble. You know this at a job or a career, it was one word and a career was lost, it was one word, and the client quit. 
James is saying, listen, our words have so much power and it just take one, takes one word and anyone who can get all of those in check, they really protect their whole self. And then he continues because he wants to kind of illustrate this. And I love how visual James is. And he says, it's like when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. So he kind of makes these two visual comparisons and he says, imagine something big that's controlled by something small. So imagine a horse, there's one small bit in its mouth and yet that's what controls it. He says, imagine ships and we don't have to think too hard here in Tampa Bay about a massive ship that's controlled by something so small. His point is simply this, there are some small things that have big influence. There's some small things in our lives, seemingly insignificant, that actually have incredible influence. And then he ties it all together. He says, likewise, the tongue is one of these. It is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. He says, your tongue is this way. It is so small, but it is so influential. In fact, your tongue is about four inches long, and it has eight muscles in it. Anyone else feel weird talking about the tongue like this? Just me? It is a small part of the body with only eight muscles inside of it. But then here's the unique things about the muscles in the tongue. They don't get tired. Unlike many of our other muscles that need to rest or take a break, the muscles in your tongue can just go and go and go and go. And some of you, you know these people. If you don't, you are that person. All right, so then James continues. And he wants to give us another illustration to really pull this out. And so he continues, says, consider what a great forest is set on by fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, as it itself is set on fire by hell. We can pull from this text that James had some issues with words. He had probably had some experience of getting his whole body in trouble by a single word, and he seems to be very passionate about the influence of the tongue. He draws out one more illustration and says, it's kind of like a fire. And for us, over the last few years, uh, we have all seen in the, in the U.S. and across the world in Australia what wildfires can do. In fact, the last few decades have been some of the most damaging and deadly of all the wildfires as they have gone across the country scorching 60, million, or 60 football fields a minute. And investigators want to trace back in these, the, the source of these fires. And what's interesting is that 84% of these wildfires across the nation were started by a single human individual. So it was a barbecue gone wrong. It was a cigarette bud. There was one that was even reported where a man uh, hit a nail with a hammer too close to some dry bush, and that's what set it off. It's one small spark that can do incredible damage. And James is saying, if I could just frame that picture, that's your words. That's your words. So small, so insignificant, seemingly nothing, but can cause incredible damage. And many of us in the room or listening online, you've experienced this. You've seen relationships scorched by words. You've seen careers ended because of words. And then James just isn't done. He wants to keep drilling down. And so here's what he says next. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures, they are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame 
the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The little bit of encouragement we can get here is that James is going, listen, I know you struggle, I struggle. Here's the good news. We all struggle in this area. He says, it's kind of crazy. We can tame every other thing, but somehow our tongue just doesn't seem to be fixed. This isn't a one and done. And many of you, you know this, you've tried to kind of tame your tongue, but it continues to sort of plague your life in these weird ways. And so what James is saying is that this is not a one and done. This is not something that just happens as you mature. That this is a continual, lifelong process because no one can fully tame the tongue. And then this is kind of strange. He really just stops there. I don't know if James is just sort of a pessimist or if he just really wants to sit in the weight that our words are powerful because we could end there and all realize that our words are so powerful. And I think that's a great point. But what I want to do is draw this out a little bit more because I do believe there's hope with our words. In fact, I want to look at uh, someone named Paul. He continued this idea, and as Paul was writing, he has another incredible testimony. I'm not going to go into it, but I would encourage you to read about him. But he's another great church planter. A lot of his letters are in the right half of your Bible, the New Testament. And he's writing to Christians, and he sort of adds on some more application to this. And here's what he says in Ephesians 4, 29. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now, unwholesome, this word that he's using, is kind of a funny word in the original writing. It actually means a smell. And more uh, specifically, it means the smell of rotten fish. The smell of rotten fish. So he's trying to figure out how do I frame these negative words that come out of our mouth, these words of, of condemnation or these words of comparison or these words that put others down. And if I were to kind of sum them up, he says, it's kind of like the smell of rotten fish coming from your mouth. That's what he would write. And he says, your role is to not let that out. In other words, your job with your thoughts is to be that gatekeeper. To, to hear your thoughts, to listen to them, to sift through them. And if any are distasteful, if any condemn, if any will hurt, if any will spark that fire in someone's life, then don't let them out. He says, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That is your role. And then he adds on, and this is the helpful filter for all of us. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So the drill down, he sort of paints this picture of building or carpentry. And he goes, imagine your conversation, your relationship as a construction site. And as you speak into it, you have the power to destroy, to tear down, or to build. You have the power to create. You have the power to encourage, to build up, to lift up. And if you saw every conversation as something that you were building, the question then becomes, what are you building? In every conversation, what if we saw it that way? That with our words, we were creating or tearing down. And so the filter for all of us, I think, is yes, your words are powerful. We, we get that. We understand that from James. But the question is, are they helpful? Your words are powerful. And just like they have the power to destroy and to scorch and to remove, that means they also have the power to shape positive destiny 
They also have the power to inspire confidence. They also have the power to set people free. They have the power to push people toward the agenda that God has for them, for them toward their best life. Your words have incredible power to go both ways. And so, yes, our words are powerful, but what if the words we spoke were helpful? What if we use this filter in our conversations? Students, what if you use this filter with your parents? And you thought, before I speak, is this helpful? Is this gonna build them up? Is this going to encourage my family? Parents, what if we use this filter with our kids? Let's go, is this helpful? Is this building up? What if we use this with our spouses? Before we said anything or reacted out of anger, what if our words encouraged and lifted up and spoke life into the other person? I think that for many of us, our marriage issues with a lot of them would just be improved just by doing that. Are they helpful? What if this was our filter at work as we spoke to others and as we carried out business? What if this was our filter, I'm gonna go here on social media, that's just nothing but a land of forest fires? What if before we typed out and we blasted away and we condemned and judged and shunned people because they believe something different, how could they and how dare they? What if instead we realized that with every type we are speaking words that have the power to do something positive or to tear away and tear down? And we put it through the filter of every word I'm typing is powerful, but is it helpful? And here's where I want to land. Some of us, it's one thing to talk about the words we use to other people and how we build up others and encourage others. But I wanna ask, what about the words you speak to you? The number one voice that we hear in our own heads, the number one amount of words that we are given are actually from us. That all day long, you have an internal voice talking to yourself about your worth and your value and who you are. And for some of us, our issue isn't with unwholesome, distasteful words to everybody else. Our issue is with our distasteful words to ourselves. Because you wake up and right out the gate before anyone has a chance to speak truth into you, you are filling yourself with words of, I am not enough, I don't have value, I am too far gone, and you fill in the blank because you know your internal monologue. And what if... When James says, hey, it's a small spark, but it can cause incredible damage. What if every day we're doing that to ourselves? And the question we need to ask is injustice, what's coming out of my mouth helpful, but are the words that I'm building in my head helpful to me? And some of us need to think, maybe I'm the person who needs to hear this the most. James closes his earlier argument and he says this. With the tongue... We praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. James ends this message by saying, he's kind of pointing out the hypocrisy of many in the church who would say, I'm gonna use my words to praise Jesus and I'm also gonna use my words to demean the person to my right or to my left that is made in the image of God. And so I think he ends there on a pretty important note because for us, I think that's our challenge. What if we were to sit and seriously analyze our words? I think there are some in the room and and this is for you and you need to sit back and realize what I'm saying has power. What I'm saying is shaping destinies. What I'm saying is impacting futures and maybe you need to analyze your words. And there are others in the room that this morning, it's not coincidence that you're here because you need to analyze the words that you're giving yourself. 
And, and God's allowed for this time to happen, for you to be placed here, for him to speak to you in the back of your mind this whole time, that it's not coincidence, but that he is setting up a moment to speak with you because he is so heartbroken over the words that you're using to describe his kid, you. And this morning needs to be a reminder to you that you are so loved. You are so cared about. Not only are you made in his likeness, you are his workmanship, you are his prized possession. He is obsessed with you. And that is not reflected in the words that you speak to yourself. But this morning, you need a reminder that God is for you, he loves you, he is behind you, and he has set up this moment to speak into your life to say there is more for you. Doesn't matter where you've been or your past or how far gone you feel like that you are this morning, that God has a plan and a purpose for you and that he is moving in your life. Take this as evidence. And he wants to do something big. So I don't know where we fall in the room, but I would just ask we do this. Over the next few minutes, we're gonna pray and then we're gonna have some time of music again. And I would just ask us to sit back for a second and consider my words to myself, to my spouse, to my kids on Facebook, they are powerful. Have they been helpful? And how can I get them to be? Let's pray. God, I thank you for how you move in our lives. The ways that we don't even see you moving, the fact that you are here and present speaking to us, that's not coincidence today. God, I pray that you would help us in this area that James wrote about long ago that we still can't seem to figure out and that's taming our tongue. God, help us to speak life with our words. Help us to be your hands and feet to people who are in desperate need of it, to a community who is in desperate need of it, to our families who is in so much need of it. God, I pray you would help us there. And then God, I also pray for the person in the room who has been feeling these negative voices about themselves. God, I pray that you would use this morning to remind them how loved they are, how cherished they are that you have built them exactly the way they've been built and that you love that person. And God, that you would help us start there as we filter our thoughts, that we would filter them first to ourselves, that you would invade our thoughts, that you would be the first thing we think of in the morning, that your truth is what would wash us every second of every day. And then from there, that would overflow to the people to our right and to our left. God, we thank you for this morning and we sing these words in truth. We love you. See your name, I pray. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family. Maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.